What's it gonna take for you to finally break up with your bullshit? Think what you could do if you could only break up with your bullshit. Oh. Hello and welcome to the Break Up With Your Bullshit podcast. My name is Michelle Aiken. I am a coach. I work with creative people on getting out of their own way so that they can get their art out into the world, which I think is a very important thing, not just for the sake of doing art or having a business where you sell your art, but also for our souls, for our uh, our own well-being. I think we think about working out as well-being, we think about eating healthy, but we don't necessarily put creativity into that category. And I have found that it has profound healing and growth effects on people when they really allow themselves to do it, be it for their profession or as a side hobby. And so I created this podcast to support people in both either uh, really any any creative endeavor in your life that you're finding that you're getting stuck up against, this podcast is intended to support you with that. So I've, I'm now taking questions and topics from the audience, and I have a really great one for today. Before I jump into it, I will also say I'm offering a live event. It's coming up in February, February 20th to be exact, and it's called Break Up With Your Bullshit Live. It's a live digital event, I should clarify. Um, if you can't be there in, in uh, quote, in person on Zoom, <laughs> um, there's also going to be recordings if you have a ticket. So everyone's going to get recordings and the people who are there live will get to do some group work. And it's going to be, I think that that's very anxiety inducing for a lot of people. They hear group work and they're like, oh, no, no, count me out. Um, but I will say that I'm going to do a lot of different things to make it as comfortable as possible while still having it push you outside your comfort zone. Cause that's kind of the point here. It's to, to make a commitment to yourself that you're going to draw a line in the sand. You're going to say, I'm going to stop putting my book off, my music off, my painting off, whatever your particular medium is, you're going to stop putting it off. And this event on February 20th is going to kick that off. I will be offering a number of ideas and structures for after the event for how you can keep it going because, uh, and we're going to talk about this, this is the topic for today, but just gaining awareness at this event and not doing anything differently with it is not going to get you anywhere. You have to do something different. And in particular, you need to do something that is sufficient to the level of resistance that you have around the thing. So the higher the resistance you have to this thing that you want to do, the more intense uh, the, the support structure or accountability needs to be so that you can rise above that thing that you habitually do. All right. So if you want info on that, there's not a lot of tickets left. Um, there's a whole bunch of people coming. And if when once you buy your ticket, I'm doing raffles every Friday leading up to the event. So right up until February 19th, that'll be the last raffle. Every week you have a chance to win a number of prizes, some of which I'm having specifically made for the people in this group by artists. So I'm, I'm buying people's art. I'm, I'm doing some commissions with different people that were recommended to me by all of you. And I'm, I, I can't really explain my excitement about this. I, there's, there's some really amazing things getting created. I'm also raffling off VIB tickets. That's very important boop because everyone in the breakup with your bullshit community calls each other boops, B-O-O-P. Um, so you can win that upgrade and be invited to the private speaker panel after the event, or you can simply buy a general admission ticket and win any number of other prizes in the raffle, but get your ticket soon so that you can have the most chances to win 
all of that. And you can go to my website, michelleaken.com. goes right to that page. Uh, and I think that's it. So let's jump in here. The question that I got in the YouTube comment section of my last solo podcast was from an account named Like Sand on the Beach in it. <laughs> in it. In it, though. Uh, and it says, I saw a TikTok saying that introspection can actually be an avoidance tactic. What do you think about this? It kind of ruined my perspective on personal growth. First of all, I totally get that it ruined your perspective. Uh, second of all, that bums me out. <laughs> um, mostly because it's, it's a bit all or nothing there. That statement, this ruined my perspective on personal growth. I understand what you're saying, but I think it's one of these things where both, there, there's more than one truth here. On the one hand, introspection can absolutely be an avoidance tactic. I, I say uh, some people are awareness junkies. They just read and read and take classes and trainings and look outside themselves for more information. And that can be something that we're doing to stall actually getting started. I'll tell you, on the flip side, I tend to be someone who refuses to go and get information and just takes action. And that's not good either. Not, not strictly good. You know, it, it has its pitfalls and, um, and it can certainly, that can be my own avoidance tactic because I'm avoiding putting that much work in sort of like the way I would wait until the morning of to write my term paper. And that way, if I didn't get an A, I could say, well, I did it the same morning, you know, and it was this tactic not only to avoid the disappointment of not scoring very high, but also to avoid full ownership of the result if the result was good. So I would get A's and then I'd be like, well, whatever. It doesn't really count or something. I, I don't know. I would just use it as a way to um, deny myself the celebration of the final result. Um so I hope what you're hearing in this is that it's not what you do, it's what you do it for. It's why you're doing it and what it is, what's, what's kind of the MO behind it. What is your intention here? Sort of like you're someone trying to date my daughter and I want to know what your intention is. Because um, <laughs> lots of people need, lots of, we, we need all kinds of things when it comes to our creative work. And and some people avoid introspection altogether and just want to know, just tell me the right thing to do so I can go execute. And you could have the same result of not really owning what happens after that and not really being able to celebrate yourself because you weren't, you were just following instructions. You weren't tapping into your own intuition. So it needs to be this balance of introspection and action in order for it to really be effective. And when I say personal growth, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about sitting around and theorizing about the various reasons why. why. I always think of like the Shakespearean holding a skull on a stage and going, why? It's like, who cares why? There's, there's time and a place for why. For me, that's with my therapist. And, and I need that. And I need to understand so as to bring compassion and understanding. I need to understand for understanding. But really, like to, to have more compassion for myself and my habits or my actions 
I need to look back and look at why it is that way, but not to just sit and wallow in that either, which people do that. People just go to therapy for years and years or people hire a coach. And um, ideally, if it's a good coach or a good therapist, they, they notice and they cut you off. They're like, hey, you're not actually doing anything with this. You're just going around in circles, which can be a scare. I can say as a coach, that can be a scary conversation to have with a client. But at this point for me with my one-on-one clients, I have a very low tolerance for that, for, wow, we're having the same conversation every week. And and then you're, I notice you're not doing anything with it. Um, and when I say low tolerance, I don't mean I get mad at my client, but I get very curious about how I'm contributing to that and looking in partnership with them to reinvent regularly. And this is like across all relationships, I think there's something in it for us to be looking at reinventing and having the relationships in our life really be a source and a resource for us and not just something that's kind of happening to us or whatever. That's like a whole separate topic though. But um, I think I've address that that one question. Um, let me know if you have any follow-ups like sand on the beach in it. And, um, and then I also got a follow-up question about this because I posted like a one-minute video on this particular topic of um, being a creative junkie, or I'm sorry, being an awareness junkie, not a creative junkie, an awareness junkie. And Melissa left a comment on Instagram, and this is what it says. I've never thought of it this way before. I'm definitely one of those people who is somewhat stuck in the awareness slash analysis phase. My job at work is as an analyst though, so I get paid to be analytical. Any thoughts on that? My job is to be an analyst except when it's not, because I'm also an artist. It feels challenging to turn that off. So first of all, Melissa, this is something I've talked to lots of people about. I I know I can say my husband is a is a programmer and also a creative person. And I'll, I'll notice that um, his programmer mindset can get in the way of him getting started on something or rather finishing it because the way that he does code is that it's, it's his art, his code. And so when he gets really annoyed when other people other people's code is messy or lazy in some way or doesn't try to be more than the bare minimum because he's very good at what he does and he's very innovative and he does way more than is being asked for him at every job I've ever seen him at. And that can really get in the way because he's so committed to this high-level product that he'll have the paralysis of doing absolutely nothing because if it's not this high-level and if it doesn't meet his high taste level, he doesn't want to do it at all. So that can it can just be a hindrance. And that's where he needs me as his partner to say, no, no, we're going to keep going with this. And I also, I do the opposite of him. I just go. Like I was saying, I don't do research. I'm like, who cares? What's the quickest shortcut to get this done? I'm not a perfectionist. I'm a performer. So I'm, and, and I had a therapist clarify this for me. She's like, you're not a perfectionist. Because you, you go and you do. As long as it looks good outwardly, I don't really care how the code is. <laughs> you know, like, I don't care what's going on in the background. I'm like, whatever, we got it out there. But I've noticed that when I slow down, when I take a, a page out of his book and I actually um, get a little more perfectionist about my stuff, I like it more and I'm more proud of it. And it, it does better on the internet and all that. So... I hope you can connect dots. I'll try to connect some for you now. But 
basically what I'm saying is not to demonize that part of you. You're right. Your job is to be an analyst, except when it's not. So it's not a bad thing about you. It's not something you have to change. How could you leverage it? How could you integrate it so that it's part of your art? Who could you partner with that balances you? The salt to your pepper. The, the person that's like, yeah, you got this. That's great. Let's not change that. Let me just add my overwhelming amount of this to yours. Even if it's just your accountability partner, Melissa, um, someone who can balance that out for you or support you in balancing that out. Uh, it could be a coach. It could be a therapist. It, could, it really could be anyone. And it could be multiple someones. I I think probably the bigger you grow, I know you, Melissa, because you've been in the challenge, the break up with your bullshit challenge since I started it back in November. And your your art is changing and growing rapidly. (laughs) Like I um I I I know I'm saying this because I don't know that I don't know how much you I think you see it, but I don't know how much you see it that you're letting people watch you evolve. And that's amazing. And it's going to get to this point at some point where you're selling pieces that you've made and thinking bigger. And when that happens, you're going to need other voices. That's just how it is. You're just going to need other voices. I need a lot of voices personally for all the stuff I'm doing. I, I would not be having this live event I would never have done this. I would never have done the break up with your bullshit challenge if I hadn't hired people to support me. And that was after nine years of being a coach. So I don't, I don't want to put this barrier in anyone's space. Like you have to hire people in order to, no, you don't. I didn't for years. I've been, I was a YouTuber in 2007. I didn't hire anybody to help me with that. You know, I just found the passion and the fun and went after it. Uh, I've kind of gone off on a tangent here, but I hope this is still valid to you. Um, because the main message is that you don't need to change that analyst thing. But if you could find ways of integrating or supporting it, working with it rather than against it, or maybe even make art about it, <laughs> which you're really good at. You're really good at taking the stuff that's in your way and turning it into art. So those are just a few more ideas for you. And I can't wait to see what you make out of that, Melissa. Uh, it's really, really fun to watch your process. And I want to acknowledge and thank you for sharing it out loud. If, uh, if y'all are not following Melissa, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. Yanisu? Yeah. Um, so I'll spell it. This is Melissa on Instagram, M-E-L-I-S-S-A-Y-A-N-I-S-I-W. Y-A-N-I-S-I-W. So go check out Melissa's art. It's really neat. And if you scroll back, you can see where she started in November and where she is now. And you can kind of, I can kind of imagine where she's going. I have a lot of ideas for your art, Melissa. As you know, I have expressed it many times. I have all these crazy ideas um, (laughs) for what you could do with it. Um, So thank you for being part of the community. Thank you to this uh, like sand on the beach in it on YouTube. Thanks for the comment. Please keep leaving comments and asking questions and giving me more things to talk about on these solo podcasts. And like I said earlier, if you haven't checked out the Break Up With Your Bullshit live event, go to my website and I will, I'll just end by saying to this YouTube commenter that because of your comment, I actually changed, rather added to the structure of the Break Up With Your Bullshit Live event because I thought, hmm, I don't want anybody coming to this event just to gather more awareness that they're going to do nothing with. And so I've, I actually built in 
a number of accountability structures, stuff that I'm offering after, stuff that I'm good, free stuff, paid stuff, um, a whole bunch of different ideas around how people can take what they're getting from the day and use it. And I'm going to be building that in throughout the whole day. So thank you for the comment because it, it brought some new awareness to me and I'm using it and I really appreciate it. This has been the Break Up With Your Bullshit podcast. I am Michelle Aiken. Thanks for listening and please share this with a creative person that you know who really could use it. Break up with your bullshit. Oh.